So let's get into the word today. I am very excited for, for uh, what the Lord has today. I want you all to open up to Psalm 127. Whoopsie. And uh, let's read. Read from the word. Amen. First, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you right now to come down into this room, Lord God. Come down onto my, my mouth, my words, my thoughts, Lord God. And I just pray right now that you would transform them into yours now. I, I step aside and... God, I just ask you right now to come forth and just minister to us in Jesus' name. And God, I pray the hearts of the hearers to be soft and tender and inspired in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, Psalm 127. I'm going to read the entire psalm. Okay, it's only five, five verses, so you're good, right? Okay, so Psalm 127, verses 1 through 5, and I'm hoping it's up there on the screens, yes. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders build in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man with a quiver full of them. They will, be put, they will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponent in the court. So uh, I just want to just take a moment and I want to kind of tear this little, little passage apart a little bit because it has really truly become kind of the theme of not only my book but also just my press into parenting and into family and into, into all that because I love family. God loves family. I, you know, he could have set this whole thing up very, very differently. He could have set us up in something where, you know, maybe it's like a big, huge, everybody got born at, the first, at once, and then we all just like grow up together, and then the end of the age. Could have been like that. Could have been easier that way because we would have all been babies together. Although, who would have taken care of us? I do not know. But, uh, you know, I mean, he could have done this so many different ways. He could have done it to where, uh, like the animal kingdom, uh, like the turtles uh, on the, the beaches in Hawaii that go and dig a hole, bear their young, and then swim away. And leave those young to kind of like crack out of the egg and crawl out and scamper to the water without getting caught by the, you know, the birds, right? Have you ever seen that on... National Geographic or whatever. I mean, it could have done like that, where we, we birth all our young and then go off into the wild blue yonder. That's not how he did it. He has set us in families. And families are these things where God has set up for us to shape and nurture the next generation. And it is a very personable imprint that we make. It is not an institutionalized imprint. This is not something that, that just kind of happens and you, you, know, you plug in the CD and the tutorial and you learn and then everybody kind of does it the same. It doesn't work that way either. When you became a mom or a dad in the first time, had you ever been one before? Did you know what you were doing? Why did he do that to us? Right? 
Because God put us in families, and families are to be multi-generational. And we are to connect with one another, and we're to learn from those who've gone before, and go, you know, do it our, our way and our own. You all have that opportunity to do this parenting thing. Whether you have children or not, you are mothers and fathers. Because he set us all in families, Families, small families in particular, but also a church family. So it's very, very interesting. God loves the family. So this scripture, this chapter kind of gives us an idea of how he wants it to go about. How he wants it to do. How he sees it. How he, how he has envisioned it is, there's a little glimpse of it in this, in this chapter here. So I want to just kind of take this and, and break it down. I'm going to be talking to moms and dads, but moms in particular, because today's our day, Right? we got to go big or go home, and I'm not going home, so we're going to go big today, right? Okay, so unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. So we're talking about houses and cities. How does that have to do with family? Well, in the Bible, and as the uh, biblical writers would write, there's always layers of meaning. Always know that whenever you read a scripture, there's the There's the meaning, but then there's what a lot of uh, Jewish rabbis say there are seven layers of meaning underneath that. And that's the cool thing about the word of God is it's not just those words on the page. There you have it. We can dig deeper. And so a lot of times the word house actually can can be a a building. If you're going to go out and build, who's a builder in here? You go out and build buildings. Anybody? There you go. So you go out and you build your building, Right? So that's a few of us, but all of us here are building our homes and our families. And that word house there quite often is interchanged for family. So we can read it like this. Unless the Lord builds the family, the builders build in vain. Well, who are the builders of the family? It's the parents. It's the mom and the dad. You get to build your home. You get to build what there is. Now, I understand the whole dynamic that, you know, the home is filled with different people and and all those people influence. But in reality, the mother and the father get to build their home. And God doesn't want you to do it alone. He tells us in this verse that if you as parents, as mothers, as fathers, as husbands and wives, as you are building your marriage and as you are building your home, and you're working really hard to make it good, and that's good. But if we're not doing with the Lord, you're kind of laboring in vain. So what God, there's two two pieces in the puzzle you've got to be thinking about. There's there's a, a builder who's laboring, and you need to do that. And there's the Lord who wants to partner with you and take the vanity, you know, when the word vanity is not, you know, aren't I great, great. It's vain of like, I'm working hard and nothing's working. Anybody relate to that in your family? I'm working hard and it ain't working. Well, this is where the Lord comes in. This is where we invite him in. And we say, Father God, I can't do this on my own. I can't build this marriage. This marriage is tough. It's kind of hard. I, you know, I kind of married the, the one that I thought was going to be absolutely perfect for me. And now they're kind of not. I need help. Anybody ever come to that spot? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, just wink. 
But unless you build your marriage, build your home, build your family with the Lord, it's going to start feeling like you're doing it in vain because it's hard. God wants to partner with us in the midst of it. And uh, then going on, unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. Uh, Stand guard in vain. So you might have some young ones in your family. You might have some family, some, some, some of these kids now are turning to teenagers. And they're, you know, I don't know. They get in their car and drive away and where are they going? Huh? What are they doing all the time when they're not around you? You don't know. And there's so much out there that can possibly go wrong. Anybody uh, relate to that one? So now we're talking about a city that needs to be guarded. Your family, your children all need to be guarded. You are as parents, as moms and as dads, you're the guardian of that home and of that family. But the Bible says that if you don't guard with the Lord, if the Lord doesn't come in, if you don't engage him, you're guarding in vain. Because, you know, all of us know there's so much out there that can possibly go wrong. And we can't be with our kids all the time. Right? And, and what will happen as parents, as moms especially, we can start getting into fear. Any mom in the room ever get into fear? I think, uh, I think many times I've, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I start kind of acting like a controlling mother. Anybody there? This one right here? Okay. You're throwing her under the bus. This is Mother's Day. You know, when I start getting into fear, I start getting controlling. No, no, stop. Don't, don't, don't do it. You know, look out. Um, Nope, you're staying home. You're grounded. Until you're 35. So I kind of get into this fear thing, and and I I want to control. And the Bible says here that if you're going to guard your home, guard it with me. Ask me to come in, and I will guard with you. And now it won't be in vain any longer. Because the Lord is saying here, I will go with your children where you can't go. And you, honey, mama, you got to let go. You got to let go. You got to let go. But I don't want to let go. No, let me be the guard with you. I will help you. And I will, I will stand guard. Amen? In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling to, for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. So we have more activity here at home. We have the, how many of you guys get up early and work late? How many up early, uh, work late people do I have here? Amen. I am a little better on the getting up early than the working late part. In fact, I kind of fall asleep. Meh. About seven o'clock, I keep asking Dwight, is it time? Can I... Can I go upstairs now? Can, is it time? But I'm up early, okay? I'm up early. And those of us who are building our homes, building our families, building our marriages, building, building our families, we are to work hard. We are to get up early, and we are to, to stay up late. And some of you mamas are up all night sometimes. <laughs> Remember those days? And the Bible says here that if... As you are toiling, not if, but you are toiling, you're working hard. And he says to work hard. 
But if I'm not working with you, if you've not invited me in to be your strength, if you've not invited me in to be your provision and work with you, then you're going to toil in vain. And he goes on to say that I give rest and sleep to those who invite me in. So this is such a rich passage here for us as parents, moms and dads, and especially moms. To realize that, that, yeah, you are working hard. You are working hard. And I know how hard it is. I know what it's like to have four children. We would be, you know, if not one was awake at night, another one would be. And there were nights when all of them were doing something at some point in the night. And my dear husband, he would help me. And we would sometimes cross paths in the hallway. So which one are you getting? You're getting two? Okay, I got three. Okay. Okay, so three is good. Two is good. Okay, let's go to bed. You know, and we'd try it again. I know it's hard. You're toiling hard. You're working. You're providing. But the Lord says, invite me in. And then I can grant you sleep to those he loves. Sleep would be rest. Sleep is also very good to mothers with small children. Your rest comes when you invite the Lord in to every arena of your parenting. Amen? Okay, so now we're going to get to the good stuff. Sons are a heritage from the Lord. Mike and Jessica, God must really love you. They have four. So uh, they are right up there with their inheritance. I think they've gotten their inheritance there. You know, I'm already praying for good girls. All of you parents that are having the baby girls, that's where you want to, you know, head eventually over here. Because they're going to raise them up good, right? Sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a reward for him. For like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children who are born in one's youth. So let's look at this. I I really like, I want to focus on verse 4 here, and then we'll be done and get you off to your Mother's Day happy. But um, verse 4 kind of takes a shift. Before we were talking about home and family and and work and just kind of things. And then now all of a sudden we become warriors and we're on a a battlefield. It's talking about a war now. You're not a warrior unless there's a war, right? What good is a warrior if there's no war? So now all of a sudden we've gone from nice, cute, you know, picket fence, home, building it, you know, working. Now we're out on a battlefield, And the Bible says very strongly here that like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born to one's youth. So what this verse is telling me now that there's there's three things. There's three things. First of all, there's a war. Yes, there is a war. The whole culture, the whole world is actually not a fun, safe place at this point. Because right now it's saturated in sin. It's saturated in division. It's saturated in unrighteousness. And there is a war out there for your children and for your posterity. Because if Satan can steal them away from you, from your righteous words, from your righteous upbringing, from your righteous and wise counsel, if they can, if he can get them to either get all the way away or just turn their head just a little bit, he will have won and he will begin to draw them away. There's a war for your children. There's a war for your posterity. And there is a war for this generation coming up. Now, every 
single one of us have been called, and I'm going to broaden this out, not just from moms and dads. I am saying that the parenting generation, I'm calling all of you into a parenting generation. Whether you have children at home or whatever, you are now, I am calling you onto this battlefield, and I'm calling you all warriors over this generation. So he talks about a warfare. It talks about a a field of war. It talks about a warrior and it talks about arrows. I'm going to give you a little bit here. So in ancient times, when they they wrote this, this, um, archers, the archers, the warriors with the bows and the arrows, they were the ones that they would use specifically in war for long-range warfare. This isn't up close, you know, take out the sword and do it like this. This was, this was things where the archers would be in the very back and they would begin to shoot their arrows, not from a very immediate place, but the intention of an arrow is to go farther than that warrior could ever go and make a target way out there and bring that enemy down and do something with purpose. That's what the archers were set up for. And the arrows, so let's just talk a little bit about an arrow. Um, it, back in those days, in, back in ancient warfare, arrows quite often were made by that warrior. He took time during peace. And he wasn't just sitting around singing songs about the last war. Oh, absolutely not. He was going around. He was gathering the supplies to make his arrows. Arrows are made of three things. The head, the arrow head, the shaft, and the, uh, it's called the fletching. I always want to call them the featherings, but it's the fletching. So the first part, the arrow head, the arrow head was made of flint, the hardest known rock known to mankind. They would find flint, and if they couldn't find flint, they would find something very similar. And that warrior would sit there with that flint, and he would sharpen it and sharpen it and sharpen it. He would chip and chip and chip until that flint, chunk of nothing, turns into a very uh, effective tip of that arrow. And that's what we do as parents, as mothers especially, as we're mothering our children. We are sharpening them into just an amazing thing. We're sharpening their character. We're sharpening their values and we're sharpening their beliefs. And And we're making it so strong and steady inside of their hearts that when we stand back one day and we shoot that arrow and that arrow goes farther than we are, it is going to find its mark and it's going to be able to withstand the pressure of what it has to penetrate into. Mothers sitting here, I am telling you what. What you do as a mother on a daily basis, in the middle of chaos, when your kids are going to... And you're like, honey, come here and let me blow your nose. Okay, now listen. We don't do that. We're, you know, or, or maybe they're crying and they're scared. And you're speaking courage into them. And you're speaking into them the tenacity that you need them to have to overcome. Come on. I can't tell you how many times I have my kids in piano lessons because piano lessons were tough. And it was my opportunity to teach those kids. So, you know, they get down. Jasmine would get a, a song of music and she's up there kind of playing it. It's hard. I can't do it. I can't do it. I want to quit. You get back up there and you're going to do this and you're going to beat that thing up. That song's not bigger than you. You're bigger than that song. Come on, girlfriend. Beat that thing. Beat that thing. So I'm teaching her tenacity. I'm taking her little arrowhead and I'm sharpening her and sharp. Ryan probably wish I hadn't gotten it quite so sharp. I don't know. 
third, or secondly, there's the shaft. The shaft is made out of a reed. It's made out of uh, some kind of wood product. And the, the warrior would shine that thing down and it would shave off everything. If there's a little bend to it, he would shave that off until it was as straight as an arrow. Have you ever heard that? So that means you have to, as parents and as mothers, we shave down that shaft. We, we take everything off of our children that should not be there. The Bible says that we need to lay aside every hindrance and every encumbrance. And we as parents, that's our job. Honey, it doesn't work to lie. Lying is not good. Stop lying. So shaving, shaving. Honey, it's not good to stick your tongue out at your teacher. That doesn't work well. Constantly, constantly shaving off those things that will hinder them. That when you go to shoot them, it'll make it go, if that, if that is still left on there. Do not stop, mamas. Do not stop until that reed is nice and straight. Don't let anything hang on. Don't let any piece of bark, you know, kind of hang on. You know how there's a little thing standing, you know, hanging out there? When you go to shoot that thing, that's going to just kind of go like that and not hit its mark. So you as parents, when you have your small children, know that you're just shaving that thing down, making it nice and straight. Nice and straight. The last piece of the arrow is the fletching. And that's the feathers. Now, just a little side note. Turkey feathers apparently are the best. I don't know why. Turkey feathers. But what the feathers do are the feathers are the thing that allow that arrow to fly. The, pharaoh, the feathers are the things that cause that thing to take flight. The feathers or the fletching on your little arrows are their purpose and their destiny. And that's what you as mothers are constantly speaking into your children, watching over, their, over them, looking, looking, looking for their giftings and their callings and, and their purpose. And, and, you know, I'd put my kids in everything I possibly could. You know, one did baseball. Baseball was not right for him. He sat out in the outfield making daisy chains. It was not the place for him. So I knew that baseball wasn't going to work. So we try another thing. I would find their giftings, find their callings. And set those feathers just right. Now I'm going to talk about you as warriors. Do you know what it takes to be a warrior? And I have to wrap this up fast. It takes bravery. Mama warriors out there, now I'm going to call you a warrior. It takes bravery. It takes courage. It takes strength. I remember when I was a little girl, my my brother had a bow and arrow, and sometimes I would sneak it. Have you ever snuck something from your older sibling? And I, when he wouldn't know, and I'd go out there and I'd string that. And I would stand there and I'd be going, trying to pull that thing back. And I, I could never get that thing pulled back far enough. And I would let go and the arrow would go. Pfft. You know what I mean? Mother warriors, I'm calling you to strengthen yourself. This is not an easy task. You can't do this on your own. And it brings me back to those first couple of verses. Unless you... Mother with the Lord, you're mothering in vain. 
You need his strength. And when you pull that bow back, getting ready to launch that thing, not only do you need bravery, not only do you need courage, because it sure feels much better to keep those little arrows in your quiver. You feel a little more safe. But God says, no, pull out that arrow. It's time. You've shaped it. You've made it beautiful. It's ready to go. I need you to be strong. I need you to pull that thing back. And I need you to have your eye on where that that arrow is going to land. And I need you to know how to shoot. So how many of you guys have ever done archery? You pull back that string. And if you don't twist, well, I can't. There you go. If you don't twist your, your elbow out, what happens? It hits your elbow here. And it hurts you. It harms you. Some of us mamas, when it's time to shoot, time to send our children out, we're not very good at it, and we're kind of clumsy at it, and sometimes it hits our own arm, and it makes it difficult. And I would encourage you, every single one of you mamas, you are a warrior. Strength, bravery, and knowledge of how to hold everything, how to stand how to pull that thing back. Read books. Read books all the time. Seek help. Seek out those who've done things before you. I'm such a gatherer of knowledge, and I I would hope that you would also be that as well, so that when it comes time for you to stand and pull that back, and you're ready to let that arrow fly, and that arrow is prepared, and you let go, that thing just zings and goes where it's supposed to go. Hits its mark. Nothing better than that. So blessed is the mama and the papa that has a quiverful. Why would you want a quiverful? I only want one. I can only handle one right now. The Bible says you need to ask for a quiverful. And I'd like the band to come forward. You are to, you are to have a quiverful. And that might mean that you need to keep having babies. I don't know. But maybe you're done with having them babies. Back in the ancient times, on ancient battlefields, there were things called, um, there, there were little boys that they would have out there on the, on the field. And those little boys would run around in the middle of war. And it was very dangerous. A lot of them would die. But they would run around, and their job was to run around and, and gather the arrows that missed their mark. Are you hearing me? Gather the arrows that miss their mark. And when they would, they would find an arrow that had been shot but had fallen short for whatever reason, these little boys would run around and grab those arrows and they would run to a warrior that was on their side and they would give them those arrows and put them in their quiver so that that warrior could keep pulling them back and shooting, keep pulling them back and shooting and finding its mark and pulling it back and launching those arrows. And I would say to every mother sitting here, whether you have biological children or not, you are still a warrior. And there are arrows laying on the ground, the younger generation that have had difficulty finding their mark, that have not been shot possibly with the most 
uh, expertise shooter. I don't know. But it is your job and your call to walk and find the arrows fallen on the ground and pick them up and replace them into your quiver. And then you sharpen those heads a little bit. And you put the fletchings on a little better than they were before. And you straighten that shaft. And then you put it in the, in the bow. And you pull that thing back. And you send that arrow out again. You're not finished. Blessed is the mother with a quiver full. And I want to call every single woman in this room and fathers and fathers, for heaven's sake, fathers, but women today, never walk past an arrow that has not found its mark and it continues to lay on the ground. Be one to pick that thing up and send it flying again. Let's all stand. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to call you all warriors for just a moment and then I'll let you go. Father, in Jesus' name, put your hands in the air. Say, Father God, I am your warrior. I am your warrior. I ask you to come and join me in the war. It is in vain if I do this by myself. I need you, and you need me. I will be your hands. I will be your arms. I will be your heart. I will be your mouth. I will be your eyes. I will find the ones that have missed their mark. You can trust me to be a trained warrior, to be willing to stoop down and pick up every arrow that has missed its mark. Father God, in Jesus' name right now, Lord God, I just pray over these people. Lord God, I just ask you right now that you are causing them to be mighty, mighty, mighty warriors. Father God, I pray right now that this battle is not something to place fear in their hearts, but that they would rise up in courage and in strength and in tenacity and in knowledge and in ability that they would know how to stand, they would know how to hold that arrow. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I speak it over you. You are amazing. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do. All the people that you influence. Just take a moment and let the Holy Spirit sing over us and have a blessed, blessed